0: Bible, to Romans chapter eight, and we're going to be in verse twenty-eight tonight. And uh, this this Romans eight is one of those chapters in the Bible that you could read every day of your life and get something new and powerful every day of your life. And uh, you know, kind of like when we did the series on Psalm ninety-one. There's so much that God shows us through through chapters like that. But um, these three verses right here, uh, it's a promise that we always like to cross touch on a pillow or something. Now, it's one of those. Really, verses, but we, a lot of times we do that where we don't recognize the absolute power and the absolute freedom that there is in, in, what, in what God's trying to tell us tonight. And so, we're going to read Romans 8, verses 28 through 30, and then we'll get started with the message. It says, And we know that for those who love God... Say, I love God. Yeah, me too. All things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. And that's a loaded verse right there. We'll get that some more of that in a minute. But, um, for those, for those whom He foreknew... He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Mm. In order that we, he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Say, I'm a brother. I'm a sister. Well, ladies and sisters, I'm not saying that. Anyways, y'all, y'all stick with me. All right. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So we're going we're to we're tear these things apart tonight and look at what God really means through this stuff. But um, as we get started, it says... For those he predestined, he also called. And so here, here's the thing. We've got to realize that there's some, there's some bad theology that goes around sometimes that, that says that it's called predestination. And It says that God has predestined everybody already to whatever path they're going to go through life. They're, they're already set up, there's already a path set for them. And, gonna, and so he already knows who's going to heaven. He already knows who's going to hell. And why should we bother trying to change anything? Because God's already set this plan in motion. Now, if you ever hear that, just be nice to the person that tells you that, but um, politely tell them they're lying. Um, now, God does have a, p- a plan in place. But, and I do believe in predestination. But I believe that God has predestined everybody to go to heaven someday. God's already put, you, put your plan in place. And that, pro- that pl- process of predestination is set apart to, to bring you to a place of glory. That's what God's got set aside for you. God doesn't have wrath set aside for you. God doesn't have bad things set aside for you. Now, if you'll jump in, in line with God's plan, there's a, there's a predestined call, there's a predestined plan of glory for your life to be able to walk in. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Now, here's what we've got to realize. His wrath was never intended for people. Death was never intended for people. Hell was never intended for people. He intended people to share His glory. Jesus died for all mankind, and with His sacrifice, every name and I'll explain some more here in a minute because I know some religious toes are curling up right now. Every name has been written in, in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, a lot of us have this mindset that God put hell in place to scare us into heaven. We might not love God so much, but it sure would be better to spend eternity in heaven than it would be hell. So, we, we go, a lot of us and a lot of us maybe grew up in this mindset to where, you know, hellfire or brimstone, let's just preach how bad hell is so people get scared into heaven. And that's not, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. We've got to, be, we've got to be in a place where we understand that, that God doesn't have bad things set aside for his children. Now, choices we make and some things we go through may seem bad. But we've got to stay in a place and a mindset that, like what, what we read just here, all things work together for the good. Last time I checked, hell wasn't good. Wrath wasn't good. Death wasn't good. So we've got, we've got to stay in that place where we understand that there is, we have a God whose heart is full of goodness and love and compassion for for people that's why he made us in the first place knowing full well that we were going to mess up but he still loved us now let's talk about this book of life thing he says the one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments and I will never blot his name out of the book of life I will confess him before my father and before his angels so in order for your name to be blotted out it's got to be in the first place correct okay so, I'm glad you agree. Now, so what that means is when Jesus died and went to hell, he took your punishment. This is Christianity 101. He took your punishment, and came back, and said, Okay, here's the book of life. Every, every person who will ever live is written in this book. But it's when your time on earth here ends and you haven't accepted that, 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 that punishment that he gave, took for you, you haven't accepted his sacrifice, that's when the blotting comes. You've got every day of your life until you, until you go to the other side to make a choice to keep your name in the book of life or to get it blotted out. It's, just, it's really pretty simple. We, and, and if we would just get a hold of that right there, it we'll would get a, a rid of a whole lot of this works theology that we got in our mind. You know, so many times, well, I'm a Christian, so I gotta do this. I'm a Christian, so I gotta do that. And I gotta obtain this, and I gotta obtain that, and I gotta strive for this area. And we'll talk about that some more too. But we gotta realize also that we're we're living in the greatest age ever since creation of time. We're living in the age of grace. And grace is not just a warm, fuzzy feeling God sprinkles on you during a worship service. Grace has several aspects. Grace is the actual DNA of God. And that's a whole other series in itself. We'll Might have to do that sometime. But what we've, got, what we've got to understand is the grace of God not only pulls you up out of, out of the pit, the grace of God empowers you to be everything God's called you to be. And so as we walk in that grace, we'll, be, we'll continue to see the glory of God take place in our life. There is no glory without grace. Well, you can hashtag that one. Um, all right. Until someone leaves this earth, and like I said, without receiving the work of Jesus, they have every opportunity to repent and be brought into the kingdom. We've been given the privilege of experiencing grace on every level, from being born again to walking victoriously in, in every area of life. Now, Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. So he knew you, and he set you apart. And I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, God does have a plan, a, predestinate, a predetermined purpose for every individual, but he gives us the option of whether we walk, in it, walk according to it or not. Now, God's plan, God's plan involves your calling, your justification, and your glorification. So, if you're walking through life and, you're not, and if you haven't experienced the justification or received the righteousness of God in your life, then there's a good reason why you may be walking through some stuff. Don't blame that on God. You just haven't experienced it the fullness of his salvation yet. Now, you were predestined to become like Christ. You're destined for glory. I love, remember that old, old country song? This train is bound for glory. I'm not going to sing it. But, um, we used to sing that in church, But on the church bus on the way to camp sometimes. Um, yeah, coal members, Wesley Methodist Youth Camp, Lake Texoma. Here we go. Look how far we've come. Jesus, thank you. All right. Living up, to your na- living up to your name. Now, where the Bible, where the Bible says, called, he says, for those whom he predestined, in the last verse, he also called. And here's what we've got to get their our head. We were not called to do, we were called to be. We were, not, we were not called to do things for God. Now, we do things for God, we do things out of our love for God, but we were not called to do, we were not called to be slaves, we were not called to be God's little minions that do his stuff here on earth. we were called to be. We were called to be his sons. We were called to be his daughters. We were called to be his his heirs on this earth. We were not called to to, um, be his slaves and try and get the thing he tried to accomplish done. Now, when you received your salvation and became born again, you were also receiving a position as a son or a daughter. And this is who you're meant to be or called to be. See, called means to to bear a name or a title. Sometimes we think, well, God called. He's got a job for me. No. When God says he called you, it means God called you who you really were which is my son or my daughter. And so we've got to understand that when we walk, we walk, through, when we walk through life, we're not walking through life trying to live up to what God's, to these lofty expectations God got for us. We're walking through life as a, as a son or a daughter of the Most High God. We're walking through life with every bit of authority, every bit of glory, every bit of kingdom that Jesus got to walk in if we just live up to it. Now, we were called to act based upon who we were or who we are. We could never do enough to earn this sonship and who we are, thank you, Lord, is not defined by how we act. Amen. Mm, man, I'm telling you, I spent a lot of time with our with our staff this the last couple of days, and I'm so glad that who we are is not defined by how we act. Because we are some nutballs. I'm just going I'm just going to tell you. But um, yeah, I know Mitchy. We shared a room, so we're definitely definitely there. Turns out me and Mitch are introverts. Surprise, surprise. um. um all of our doing puts us in a place of frustration if we're not acting from our position as sons. Now, the way this works is we're not acting trying to be a son. We are a son, so we act accordingly. We are a son. We've experienced the power and the glory of God in our life. And so we're so full of who he is. We're so full of who he's made us to be. And we've got such a good hold on that that we act a different way. Because how far, far be it for me to do that? Because a son of God wouldn't do that. I'm walking in the love of God. Love doesn't act that way. How does God act? I'm acting that way because I'm his child, I'm his son. It says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Uh, foreknew. So he knew, he knew before you ever, ever created that he was going to look like his kid. In order that he might be the firstborn of my many brothers. I love this. It goes, it goes, it goes back to the, to the example of, of Jesus you know, being, being baptized in the Jordan. When Jesus was baptized in Jordan and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, he had never done a miracle. He had never seen any great thing happen at his hand. All he did was get in trouble for being at the temple too long. So, God was well pleased with him before he ever did any great mighty work on this earth. God is well pleased with you before you ever step out and do any great or amazing thing that in your eyes is great or amazing. God is, God is deeply, overwhelmingly in love with you so much so that in spite of all the sin and all the junk that we may carry along with us sometimes, he still sees your destination. He still sees you destined for glory. He still has that picture of you in his mind. And so if we get along with the mind of God, we'll begin to see ourselves that way. Now, we were made in his image before we were ever given any assignment. You're calling us to be his child above all else. And I, I love that we have, some, we have some friends that were missionaries in Thailand for a little while, and this is before we knew Lana. This is a different couple of friends. Um, they've since come home, but their, their, their slogan was, their, their phrase was for the ministry, to know him and make him known. See, we a lot of times think, well, my number one duty as a Christian is to make other Christians. No. Your number one duty, and that's a bad word right there already, your number one th- thing as a Christian is to be a son of God. Your number one job as a Christian is to be in a relationship with God the Father Almighty. Your number one position as a Christian is to receive his spirit and walk accordingly. We can't bring other people into the kingdom if we're not that way. So as as badly, as as good as it sounds, say, my my number one job as a Christian is to do this or that. Your number one job as a Christian is to be a son or a daughter in relationship with the Father. That's who you're supposed to be. Let's prove this out a little bit. Genesis 1, 27 through 28. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. That'll change any depressed state right there. Now, male and female, he created them, and God blessed them, right? And then he said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill theirs to do it. So in other words, he was about blessing people before he ever had people doing anything. Had dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves along the ground. So God calls us to be, but he blesses and graces us to do. So how can we expect to be who God's called us to be if we don't allow him to bless us and grace us? And we, if God's got things for us to do, then we should not try to do them Just to do them, we should try to do them as a son or a child of God who's anointed and filled with the power of God. So he calls us to be, and then he graces us to do. Man was God's prized creation. Nothing nothing else in creation that that he breathed his very own life or spirit into. And I love that. You know, of all the creation, all the great things he made, of all the animals, of all, all all, all creation, there's only one being that he saw fit to breathe life into. And that was you and me. He loved us so much he put his very spirit on the inside of us. That very Zoe life that he lived in and walked in, he breathed into our nostrils as, as, as so he could have a relationship with people just like himself. Now, you're God's prize. Say it, I'm God's prize. I'm his favorite kid. No, not, 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 that's, that was for me. No, I'm sorry. No, no. no you, you're God's favorite kid and you should tell yourself that every day. Now, When Adam and Eve fell, their job didn't change. Their roles didn't change. The thing that God had blessed them to do didn't change. They just had to do it outside of the glory of God. And how many times do us as believers, we get saved and we get on on fire for God, and we we begin to kind of go go the other way, and we begin to lose track of our relationship, and we're still trying to do what God set aside for us to do, what we know we're supposed to do as a believer. We're trying to do things, but we're trying to do them outside of the glory, outside of the anointing, outside of the power He's got set aside for us. Same thing happened, happened with Adam and Eve. They tried to start doing and being what God called them to be. They had to without the power of God. And here's here's the beautiful thing about them getting kicked out of the garden. You say, how is that beautiful? Let me show you. Sin cannot stand, and sinful things cannot stand or live in the presence of God. For our own safety and our own benefit, God had to separate himself. As bad as it hurt him, as bad as it pained him to pull himself away from us, he said, they'll die if they come in my presence. They can't walk in my presence and live so because I love them so much, I'm going to put them over here for a little bit, and I've got a plan started that's going to bring glory back into their life. Come on, man. We've, got, we've got to get in a place yeah. we recognize. So that this verse in Romans 8 bears true even then before, before we ever came to be that all things are working together for good even though they were kicked out of the garden, even though things were bad, even though their mess had messed them up. God is working that together for good. I would rather them live like this for a little while and not die and be eternally condemned because they died without me. I'll let them live like this for a little while. I'll separate myself, and I'll make a way, another way for them to come back into my presence. That's a, that's, that's a good God, even though it sounded like he was so harsh and wrathful. So, God was living up to this scripture as well. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, For the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. Now go back to Jeremiah 1, 5. It said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I called you and appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. So before you were born, God had already spoken over who you were going to be. Before, before he put you into a bodily form, God already knew who you were going to be. And God already spoke in you into existence. So because he spoke it, he's not going back on his word. So as bad and horrible and whatever you walked through in life, as bad as some of these things may have been, as, as much trouble as you may have gotten into, as, as much junk as you may have walked through, that doesn't change what God spoke before the beginning of time about you. He goes, I got glory planned for them. And he said that, he said that before, before time began. I've got glory planned for them. And just because they're going to walk a messed up path for a little while doesn't mean they're not going to come back around and I don't have glory set aside from them over here. We've got to continue to walk forward and allow God to, <clears throat> be, who he's called to be who he's called us to be. Now, even though we have severely tarnished our good name or his good name, he's never disowned us. He's always found a way to get back in our, him, us back into his, our present, his presence. His death predestined, his predestined call upon us never changed, but a path had to be made for us to get back to him. And here's that path. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. So through his perfect sacrifice of untainted blood, he transferred his righteousness back to us. That's such an, ama- such an amazing, only, only one sacrifice in all, all of creation would work. And that was him. And so he, glad- he gladly, because he loved us so much, because he wasn't going back on his word, that I predestined you to be this be glorified. He wasn't going to go back on that, so he said, guess what? I'm going to die so they can be walk back in this glorification I've got set aside for him over here. Now, we can now experience the glory that comes with bearing his name. And the only solution for sin, the only solution for, for sin to be taken out of the picture, and so his blood did that for us. Now, here's the fun part. We're destined for glory. Now, this word glorify According to, according to Bible Gateway, and I know it's 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 good because I like it. All right, now, (laughs) glorify and this is what this is what God this is what God said He's going to do for you. It means to praise. See, we praise God, but God wants to praise us. If we'll accept God's praise upon our life, that He's speaking over us, we'll come to another level. Extol, magnify, celebrate. He wants to honor you. He wants to do honor to you. He holds you in honor. He wants to make you glorious. Adorned with luster. Clothed with splendor. Mm, That's awesome. To impart glory to something. Render it excellent. You know God sees you as excellent? God don't make a mistake. From the very time he created you and spoke you into into existence. Like the Bible said, he saw that it was good. He sees you as excellent. To make renown. He's going to make you famous. To render illustrious. And here's my favorite part of the whole thing. To cause the dignity and worth of some person or thing to become manifest and acknowledged. God wants your dignity and worth to, be, to, to come to fruition in your life. He wants, to, he wants you to realize that just because, <coughs> excuse me, just because you were, you were this way or, or that way, just, be, just because you, you walked through this, he said, that, that's okay, my blood covers that. I'm going to cause your dignity to come to fruition. There's a lot of us that walk around undignified. There's a lot of us that walk around with our heads held low because I know God loves me, but I've done so much bad. No, God wants to restore dignity to your life. God wants you to walk with your chin up, with your head held high, to know who you are in Him, and walk around with the confidence that people who saw you just yesterday go, Who you been talking to? And you say, Jesus. That's who I've been talking to. Right. Glory is set aside for those who receive his righteousness and his name. Let's wrap this last verse up. It says, And those who he whom he predestined, he also called. And those who he called, he also justified. So right there, his calling, his, his he took you and made you, and, and justified you till so your calling's back in effect now, and those who he justified, he also glorified. So we've come full circle. Man was created for glory and called a son of God, but sin took us out of the glory. God refused to not recognize that call that he put upon your life. I love that where the Bible says his word does not return to him void. So that word he spoke even about you before the foundation time, before you were formed in your mother's womb, that word he spoke about you is not going to return to him void. You jump into the plan he's got for you. You jump into the glory he's got for you and you'll begin to see all this. things begin to work, work together for good. Why? Because his word doesn't return to him void. He spoke you into being. He knows your name. And he, he calls you his child, his son. That word's not going to come back to him void. He wants you to walk in, in that word and that power that he spoke over you. He personally transferred his righteousness back to us through justification. We're now recipients of and carriers of his glory once again. And here's Here's where some more religion falls in there. The Bible says in Isaiah that God's not going to share His glory with anybody else. Well, guess what? He doesn't consider you anybody else. You're Him. You're part of Him. He considers you one with Him. When you're born again, His Spirit recreates you. His Spirit lives in you. God doesn't see a difference. God sees you as His very own. So when He says He's not sharing the glory with another, He's not talking about you. You're His. You're His very own child. You're you're the the fruit of His loins, whatever you want to say. He loves you. Now, Revelation, and this is, another, this is some proof of that. Revelation 21, 23 and 24. says, and the city had no need for sun or the moon to shine on it. I love that. For the glory of God gives it light. And its lamp is the lamb. By, the, by its light the nations will walk. And the kings of the earth, guess who that is? Uh, there you go. Will bring their glory into it. So we, I, I, we, I, you know, for a long time I had this, this visual that you know, we're always walking around in the glory of God in, in heaven. And yes, yes, we are. But say now, we walk in with it. Like we talked about in the, past, in the last couple weeks, God's not coming back for a broken down, dying, defeated church. He's coming back for a glorious bride, a glorious, a, a glorious church to walk in. And we walk into the gates of heaven, we're, taking, we're bringing glory with us. Yes. Not that it's not already there because God's there. But how much brighter does it is get when we walk around? So there's no sun or moon. Why? Because God has put his glory on us we're walking around with, as his glory showing his glory to every, wherever we go whatever we see this is who we're destined to be and this is what God had planned for man from the beginning from the very beginning you know and I always this is one of the little rules I, I, or in my mind that I go by to you know what, what does God want for me now well God, how did God establish in the beginning well man was clothed with the glory of God what's God doing he's redeeming all things bringing back the way he had it in the beginning so what's God got to set his eye for me now to be clothed in the glory of God that's what God's got set aside for us. He's restoring all things. He's, recreating, he's making all things new back to what he originally intended. So we get to walk in the glory of God, covered with the glory of God, carriers of the glory of God, wherever we go and whatever we do. So here's, what's God, here's what God's telling us tonight. He's saying, stick with me. He goes, I know you've walked through some junk. I know there's some stuff trying to hang on you. I know there's some stuff that, that you're dealing with and stuff that you're battling. I know there's, there's bad things that happen in this life. But stick with me because I've got glory waiting over here. Stick with what I've got for you. Stick with the plan. Stick with what I've spoken over you. You say, well, I don't know what God's spoken over me. Well, read the Bible. Step one. And then you can do this thing called asking. And they'll say, hey, guess what? Here's what I'm speaking over you. He'll tell you, right, right, spirit to spirit, what he thinks about you. And I promise it's good. And I promise it'll it'll change your life more than any word, any pastor or any friend or any mentor could ever speak to you. When God speaks something directly into your spirit... It'll change you forever. Yes, right. Now, and so here we go. And we know that all those for those that love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Glory is waiting just around the corner if you if you walk according to His purpose. Now, we can expect Him to show His glory through us when we encounter the trials and difficulties of life. So don't let go of who you're called to be. That's right. That's right. Don't let go. And you, it may seem, you, may, you may have got a call. You may have heard God tell you something and, and call something out of you when you were a kid. But life, life happened. And life happens to all of us. And you've got to pull, pull away from that. But don't let, it go, let, don't let go of who God has spoken, spoken over you to be. Don't let go of who he says you are in him. Don't let go of those things. Hold on to him with everything you've got because he's waiting to bring glory to your life as you walk out that purpose that he's got for you. You've got, to, you've got to fall into that place. And Romans eight nineteen says... For creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. What's that saying? God is waiting for you to step up to who you're supposed to be. The world's waiting for you to step up and be who you're supposed to be. They need to see the glory of God. They need to encounter the glory of God. God. The creation is waiting for you to be revealed. And the way you get revealed is by God putting his glory upon your life so people can see it. Jesus said, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw them in unto myself. Well, begin to lift up Jesus. Begin to glorify Jesus. And God, he's going to share some of that glory with you. And you're gonna to begin to walk in it and God's gonna to begin to show you just who you are in Him. So if y'all, y'all would y'all always stand me if worship team wants to wants to come. As we kind of wrap this up, we got we got we got some time. We're, I, I talk fast, so we're we're a little ahead of schedule. Don't worry about time. Now there's a lot of people in here who are allowing their present place in life. To define who they are. Whether that's a good place. Whether you're in the best place in your life. Or that's a bad place. Don't let where you are right now. Don't let your place in life define who, who you are. Only let what God's told you define who you are. Only let what God's spoken to you define who you are. Because I promise you. Nobody around you is going to define who you are the way God can define who you are. People can call things out on you. People can, can, can encourage you. People can uplift you. And that's what we're supposed to be as the body of Christ. But if you let anybody or anything define who you are other than what God has spoken to you, you're not destined for glory, like God said. Because those who are called, bear His name, and walk according to that purpose that He's got set aside for you, that's when you see the glory of God revealed in you and you begin to rise up and be who God has to- told you that you are. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, just for, just for a few minutes. Some of you in here are saying, I used to know who I was. Well, if that's, if that's who God said you were, like we read, like we saw, God's call is not, doesn't change. Just because life happened doesn't mean that God t- sees you any differently than what He saw you before. Just because you may have stepped out of line for a little bit doesn't mean that God doesn't still have that path waiting for you to walk on. There's some of you who, have, who are actually saying, I've never even taken time to ask what God says about me. I've never even taken time to get in His presence and say, God, who am I? You've read your Bible. You know that God says you can be healed and all these good things, all these blessings. But the problem, the, the, the problem with that is that those things are benefits of walking in the glory. The glory that you'll experience when you rise up and become who you're supposed to be. I'm not saying God doesn't want to heal you if you're not walking perfectly in line. No, what I'm, what I'm saying is God has got glory set aside for you in the greater measure than you've ever seen when you agree with who he, what he says about you. So we're going to open up the altar for just a few minutes and y'all can just come kneel down here at the altar. And this, this is the time for you and God. This is the time for you to say, God, this is what I, 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 you said about me years ago and I need to get back in line with what you said about me. This is the time for you to say, God, I've never asked you, I've never given you the time or I've never given you the consideration or a moment to even tell me who I am. I want to know who I am. This is for those of you that have allowed... A trial or hardship to slow you down from walking in the glory that God's got set aside for you. And see, that doesn't, that, that, what that's all about, those He justified, He also glorified. That doesn't mean someday in heaven. That means there's, a, there's glory. As soon as you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes in you and you begin to walk in glory. Now, the problem is we, we stop, we, we think our salvation experience stops at being born again. We should value our salvation more now than we did the first day we had it because we've learned that much more about it all, all along the way. We've experienced His goodness all along the way. So let's get to that place tonight. We're going to let them worship for just, just, just a little bit. And y'all just come, come to the altar. Allow, allow God to speak into your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. He's got so many good things that He wants to say.